Hey, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development. And guys, we are currently live in the breakout room. Coming up on this program is an amazing guest. And I'd like to introduce also my guest co-host. But before I do so, let me just say that the information I'm about to share is on Stephen K. Hayes, world-renowned expert on ninjutsu and pioneering teacher of Japanese martial arts, inducted into the Black Belt Hall of Fame and Martial Arts Hall of Honors, author of 22 books on translating Eastern wisdom into everyday life. And for the purpose of references, this episode will be entitled Achieving Self-Actualization Through the Ninja Way, courtesy of our guest, Stephen K. Hayes. Welcome, Stephen K. Hayes. You can unmute your mic and come on video at this time. There we go. Greetings, Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and thank you for being in the breakout room with us at this time. Our co-host is a local and Caribbean renowned martial artist instructor and also one of the individuals that is involved in the security and safety industry. Dr. Albert Charles will be our guest co-host this afternoon. Dr. Albert Charles, where are you? Right here. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so our focus is gonna be on Stephen's story at this time. And I will not go back into his history much unless he choose to go there. Because there are times when I begin my program, I would ask folks about how much they could remember from their childhood or boyhood days in this instance. I'm gonna do things with a little bit of a different twist. And I'm going to start from the very top. When we hear about martial artists, icon, or legends, we think about Bruce Lee, Bruce Lai, Wang Yu, Chen Sing, etc. And then later on, we are familiar with names like Billy Blanks, Chuck Norris, Jim Kelly, etc. But there's something really different about Stephen K. Hayes that stands out from the rest. And we'd like to put him on the spot immediately and ask him, sir, what's the difference about you that stands out that makes your contribution to the martial arts industry so legendary? There's something unique about you, Stephen K. Hayes. Share it with us, please. Wow, I have never <laughs> been asked that question in all of my uh, <laughs> interviews. So uh, I salute you. Uh, wow, I really have to think. I, really uh -huh. have to think. I believe maybe one of the differences, and I started with this 40 some years ago when I came from Japan to America and wrote mm -hmm. my books and began teaching. The one thing that I really emphasize is we have the physical martial art techniques mm -hmm. uh, this can be taught 
as a, like a competition, one man versus another man, who's the stronger, mm -hmm. who can take the most punishment, who's most determined. Uh, on the other hand, you can study martial arts as a protector, mm -hmm. not a competitor, not a predator, yeah, uh, but a protector. Everybody okay. in the place is a little safer because mm -hmm. we're there. Uh, we study human nature, what makes a person uh, go to conflict and confrontation. Why would a person want to do that? Wouldn't yeah. we want to have more friends? Why yes. would we want to have a better lifestyle, more fun, more enjoyment, more love? There's something that's blocking that person. Mm. I think it's when they were very small, they had maybe a traumatic upbringing, uh, okay. they experienced things that taught them you have to be strong or mm. you'll be consumed. And now they're an adult and they trigger back to that. So we're out having a good day. We're, we're with our family. It's a beautiful day. We're having a wonderful time and run into one of these conflict oriented people. Uh, maybe they're frustrated and jealous. Oh, you are so intelligent. You're so beautiful. You're so wealthy. You're so happy. I want you to suffer like I'm suffering. Mm. And, uh, that desire to confront and conflict. So our martial art deals with that kind of situation. Uh, these were intelligence gatherers in ancient Japan. They were not like battlefield fighters. Yeah. They were intelligence yeah. gatherers. So yeah. maybe like modern CIA, something like that. <laughs> and so they were taught, if they were captured, mm -hmm. how to escape and get out of there uh -huh. as opposed to stay around and win a fight. Okay. And so our techniques... Interestingly enough, in America, really fit 2023. There's some crazy stuff happening with judges and prosecutors. The defender can be punished more than the criminal. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's crazy. Yeah. But it's what is. And it was what was back in 1500s Japan. So I think this little bit long. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead bit long explanation but i think this is what makes my martial art and my message different uh -huh. we're looking at the human spirit mm -hmm. and relating that into conflict or confrontation mm -hmm. how might i position myself to where there's no fight needed uh as opposed to somebody's looking for a fight oh yeah bring it on bring it on uh, yeah. yeah kind of an attitude and uh so I think that's my uh, differentiating uh -huh. uh, qualification. Yeah. Thank you so for sharing. Yeah. If I, may I ask a question that sort of adds to that, um, Andy? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, Shidoshi. Is it okay if I call you Shidoshi? Well, my actual Shidoshi? title now is Anshu. Anshu. An yeah. And in Roman letters, that would be A-N-S-H-U. That's right. Yeah. On is a retreat. It's a kind of funny title. People think it means great ninja or powerful <laughs> warrior. But on is like a little retreat hut where a warrior or 
spiritual person would go to just kind of back off and relax and regenerate and then come back yeah. out to society and shu yeah. is like the person who runs this so i'm kind of like the keeper of the retreat hut wow. <laughs> is my title <laughs> right. Oh, okay. right so it's like uh the title refers to sort of like a reintegration or um re-energizing of ancient truths if you will yeah yeah, very much, very much. Ah. And and I only and I only said that to ask this question because you mentioned the concept of the protector and building the human spirit through what you now do. So in building the human spirit, and as you mentioned, what you see happening, is it that what what would you then say is the key component to that building of the human spirit in terms of gathering intelligence or building information in the modern era? Well, I think we can like go way, way back to what I call a, the bottom line problem. And that is that some people, uh, maybe there's like a hole, a hole in their heart and uh, maybe they were harshly treated when they were young or uh, uh, now they've grown up and but the hole is still there. So they mm -hmm. are very fierce with their fighting skills uh, but they don't realize they're coming from a, uh, a place of fear. Uh, I'm so afraid of being afraid that I project this uh, very tough guy uh, attitude. And uh, uh, so when you put someone like that in charge of, to answer your question, in charge of gathering intelligence, uh, they're gonna be looking for the trouble, mm. looking for the trouble. Yeah. And with a little more intelligence, we find out, no, no, this is not trouble. Hmm. These people, that we're exact, they are in trouble. Ah. And they're trying to figure out, you know, maybe what we're doing. And uh, so with the ninja method, there's a uh, kind of reversal. It's called Kyojitsu Tenkan, Kyojitsu Tenkan, where we're not really fooling people, but we're presenting ourselves in a different way so that we don't look like a threat. Uh, we don't look right. like a threat. Yeah. Uh, but the person doing that intelligence gathering, if they have a very uh, angry orientation or confrontational or orientation, they are going to naturally go to find maybe a problem that doesn't really exist. Exists, right. <laughs> so what you're really talking about then, you're looking at eliminating fear you talk about Kyojutsu Tenka, eliminating fear by rebuilding a sense of balance from within the person. And by and in doing so, you actually correct the problem. I think that is beautifully put. Beautifully put, Dr. Albert. Uh, by eliminating that fear, we are more comfortable in our world. We can relax. We can see more. When I'm under extreme stress, extreme fear, 
Mm -hmm. Vision narrows. Even yeah. what I hear, even what I hear is very selective. Uh, my heartbeat changes. Uh, all those things narrow down. Eliminate the fear and we become uh, bigger. We can take in more. We can understand more. I think that's very well put. Very well put. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I, I I had some I had some good teachers, and I'm I'm just adding you to the list, so because really <laughs> it is an it is an honor. I have to say, um, this is the first time, and it's interesting we're using the technology, but I think this will be the first time. I know you've been into the Caribbean, but in terms of communicating with people that are physically in Trinidad, um, I consider this personally an honor. Um, and it's interesting, once you, what you mentioned, you're really going back to in basic training, uh, which is taught in, in Taijutsu and Jujutsu, where you know, as you control your heart rate, you control your pulse, you're really getting into yourself. And as you get to that, getting into self, and get to that base uh, in Zen, they talk about um, Samadhi and um, that Zazen, that state where your mind and body with the breathing in balance. And as that balance, as you hit that point of balance, there's that a sense of awareness that, hey, I am me, but I'm also connected to something else. Mm. And recognizing that connection within self that you are also connected to something outside, other people, the divine, whatever. As you reckon, wait, I'm part of something that's bigger than me. The conflicts that you had actually start to go away. I don't know if I said that all right. If I'm making sense. Yeah. And I think we are all, you know, self-oriented. And the yes. more angry we are, or the more scared we are, or the more uneducated we are we relate to ourselves, and yes. outside is everybody else it's like one thing everybody else so there's then there's me and there's everything i don't know Correct. when we're about two years old we start yeah. to yeah. discover oh uh the world isn't about me it's really about out there conditions uh, that exist out there, if I can see it a little more clearly, oh, this is why this person is afraid of me and therefore is acting hostile toward me. Oh, this is why this person is jealous of me and so is ignoring me uh, and talking about their own accomplishment. Uh, oh, this is why this person is so busy they don't see me. Uh, I start to understand more of that. It's not personal. Correct. Any opposition is not personal. Somebody doesn't hate Stephen Hayes. He hates a condition that I represent for him. Wow. Uh, mm. Wow. Wow. You know, I want to look, look at self-actualization because I think it's a really powerful place for one to be recognizing not only the true value of yourself, but the true meaning of your existence. Why am I here? What is the purpose of me being here? And am I fulfilling that purpose? And when I look at the ninja way from my basic level of understanding, it appears as though it gives you the ability 
to be in contact with that individual part of yourself that totally recognizes their purpose. And at the same time, connect with all the outer forces, the ecosystems that shape and bring you to a place where your lens are now focused on so much more than the ordinary person can see. How important is this with regards to one's personal life, your marriage, your career, and any other things socially that you would engage in on a regular basis? And I know it's philosophical, but it's also holistic. But from your perspective, that level of self-actualization, how important is that ninja mindset and attitude to be in sync with one's personal life in all those areas as well? Well, my teacher once said, uh, so I was talking to him about some other people and they were just like on the surface of this ninja art. And I was, I was very young. I was very young and little annoyed, you know, no, you should go deeper. And uh, these people are staying here. My teacher said, oh, you know, some people have like a sake cup, little sake cup. And once it's filled, they're happy. Some people have like a soup bowl. Oh, no, it's going to take more. They're going to go deeper and wider. And now they're happy. And some people have a huge cauldron. You know, it's mm -hmm. going to take years of study and depth. And yeah. they're going to go deeper. And yeah. some people, I say, sometimes I am going to run out of lifetime before I run out of questions. Yes, yes. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So so different people will approach it at different depths. Yeah. For me, uh as a tiny child, um I discovered martial arts in the early 1950s through television shows. I there were no teachers anywhere I was. But I was like riveted, you know, yeah. could see the potential in this. And uh, my parents didn't know what to do. You know, this crazy kid is obsessed with Asian martial arts. And we don't know. Uh, I finally got a teacher and then finally went to Japan. And so I was very motivated. Mm -hmm. uh, it became my philosophy for, as you say, how to live life. Uh, yeah. Do you want to live life in a tight, angry way? Right. Do you want to live life in a big, happy way? Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. But people don't understand how they they gravitate to this anger. Uh, it kind of controls them. Uh, happy marriage. Uh, there are certain things about how to be married that, you know, Oh, when we're dating, it's all exciting and romantic. And then we get married and uh, no, keep the dating. It's so simple. It's yeah. so simple yeah. Yeah. that it goes over people's heads. Wow. Raising children and working in your job, uh, even the lowliest job, if you see it differently. So, well, how would the world be different if nobody was doing my job? Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, simple job, uh, repairing a tire on a car. Simple job. Very important. That car would be useless without you repairing that tire, uh, collecting uh, garbage or refuse. What a beautiful job. The whole planet would be overrun with trash if it weren't for you and your job. Right. right. Take pride. And I think maybe that's one thing I notice in Japan. People are very proud. <laughs> a trash collector has uh-huh. a uniform on. And, oh, yes. uh, it's just, I love it. I love it. He's very proud. He does the best yeah. job he can. If every one of us did our job with that kind of pride and, and conviction. But this is what I got from my ninja training, how to, uh, I mean, originally it was like how to fit in, <laughs> how to not stand out to where the authorities would say, oh, this is a person's a problem. Oh, we just uh, disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by being happy with even the mundane things of life, there's one way to kind of uh, disappear, uh, but we are are left with that uh, that sense of meaning, uh, that sense of purpose. Yeah. Wow. As as you mentioned, um, Anshu, about um, hiding in plain sight we are approaching, we are in the third decade of a new century. A lot of systems are integrating in terms of technology. How do we continue in this modern time of integration to hide in plain sight while at the same time preserving the truths that we're now expressing how do we do that well it's a very uh difficult problem it's a very difficult problem so number one i think my perception is the proliferation of uh, social media uh is oriented toward creating conflict Mm. Even the news reporting, uh, yeah, I remember the 1950s, they just gave the news. This is what happened. It's up to the person to be happy or sad. Now, every, every news organization says, oh, this is an opinion piece. And I don't want an opinion. I don't want an opinion. I want to know what happened. Yeah. Nobody yeah. is talking about what happened. It's an opinion. Yeah. Oh, I hate this. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, So we naturally respond with, oh, I like what this person said, or I don't like what this person said. Maybe we're tempted to write back and fight. And this is exactly what the multi-billionaire leaders of this uh, social and media phenomena want. Uh, good news is nice. Good news is nice. Bad news is important. Mm. You, when you wake wow. up in the morning, you grab yourself and yeah. go right yeah. to it and see what's yeah. going on. And conflict, conflict, 
stirs that. So that's premise one. Uh, my suggestion to my friends, premise two is don't get hooked into that. Mm. And sometimes I'll tease them. I'll say, oh, you want to get into an argument on the internet. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to read what you wrote and go, oh, I was wrong. Wow. I'm changing my mind. Yeah. Nobody's going to change their mind. So it's pointless to argue back. So what I want to teach with this is how to be what I call above the fray. Mm. So arguing, fighting. Uh, how can we be higher than this? Looking down and saying, mm -hmm. oh, silly. So yeah. these are all symbols. Uh, young ones want to have a tattoo and pierced things and purple hair and old mm. ones old ones don't like that i mean this is the this is as old as time i remember you know when i was young the old parents didn't like what we were doing it's just it's funny it's funny uh unless we take it seriously you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> so rise above the fight now we're looking down on these people fighting and uh so i think that's an important suggestion number one they don't want us to be above they want us to be in the fight number mm -hmm. two we rise above where we can look down it almost looks funny almost looks funny when i'm up here looking down and uh you know people arguing and on the internet trolling and uh mm, yeah Leave that. And the third thing is, in my life, in my actual world, in my community, what can I actually do? Not say, what can I actually do mm. that will show people, you know, here's another way to live. Here's a different way to live. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's a different way to serve. Yeah. Uh, and that's up to each individual. You know, right. I have my ways, this one has their ways. And we celebrate. We don't criticize. This one is very different from me. But she or he is doing good in the world. Oh, I salute that. Mm. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can do what I do. Oh, this one here is contributing in their own way. I celebrate that. I can't do it. And we all uh, are doing things from a sincere conviction of how can I make there be more peace? How can I make there more relaxation and therefore more benefit, you know, for all people? Yeah. Great. I want to go into some history. Um, and, and I know Dr. Albert would be, I wouldn't say deeply, but he would be probably on the surface a little bit excited about this. <laughs> uh, Stephen, in the 1990s, you spent a lot of time with the Dalai Lama. Um, three things it, it sort of came out to me in looking at that information. One, how did you hook up with this guy? Two, and, and listen to this too, how did he manage to trust you that much that you became his personal bodyguard? And three, 
what were some of the challenges doing that job? And of course, the lessons that you would have learned that would have built up your character and your integrity so much more. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Each question could require a long explanation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, maybe take question number two first. How huh? did he come to trust me? Yes. So I had met him in 1986 in India, and we had a long conversation, and he told me about his brother uh -huh. who lived very near me. His yeah. brother lived in Indiana. I lived in Ohio. So I got to know his brother. I went and visited him, and uh, somehow there was an immediate uh acceptance uh he's such a beautiful person and uh uh he liked me and what i said so when his brother the dalai lama came half a year later came to visit in indiana you know he uh introduced me and uh so i think the family connection yeah and then uh uh, I met him again the next year. And then in 1989, uh, he was given the Nobel Peace Prize. And this was in California. And I went to this conference. I was just a participant. And uh, they announced he was the winner of the Peace Prize. All reporters and celebrities, everybody poured into this little college town. And so I just, with my background, I'm told him, look, I could kind of help you with some of the security here. And they were more than happy to have that happen. Yeah, yeah. And so slowly, slowly, it was not so much the Dalai Lama. He enjoyed me. You know, <laughs> I enjoyed him. But it was his staff, his political mm -hmm. staff, his teaching staff, his religious yeah. staff, uh, his public They all had to accept me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Took a little while. Um, maybe question number three. Uh, you know, I talked to other security people and, uh, you know, their security for like rock stars and movie stars and billionaires. And, you know, these people are, they they operate in a way that the world is there for me. Whatever I want, uh -huh. I get. Wow. I want this yacht, I get the yacht. I want this girl, I get the girl. Uh, I want this hotel whole floor, I get the hotel whole floor. And, and the security is always chasing after them, trying to keep them safe. You yeah. know, go with this girl out to some kind of crazy nightclub. Oh, security is... You know, we need more team to keep this person safe. Mm. I had a celibate holy man. So yeah. eight thirty at night, he's in his Ooh. room, so. <laughs> <laughs> not fooling around with the girls. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. nightclubs. Yeah. So I had it so easy. I had it so easy. Wow. But on the other hand, uh, you know, if you're some kind of movie star. Uh, they usually get great big guys, great big guys. They wear sunglasses and they'll knock people out of the way. Mm. Um, we couldn't operate that way. <laughs> we yeah. have the Dalai Lama, whose message of compassion, yeah. and helping people. <laughs> yes. he says, 
sunglass heavies knocking people out of the way, <laughs> it, it contradicts. So we had to come up with very clever ways of quickly moving people, yeah, but in a way where the person didn't feel offended. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, yeah. So somebody's trying to get in touch with the Dalai Lama and we need them out of there because we need him to go here. I would thank the person. I would go up, oh, thank you so much. And I would pat them. You know, with my hands, I pat them. Oh, thank you so much for coming out and supporting His Holiness. We need more people like you. And I would turn them around and thank you so much. Thank you so much. And go out the door and a person felt, oh, I was thanked. I was thanked. Uh, you know, so that would be one way that we would uh, uh, get rid of crazy people or uh, uh, persons who didn't believe, who didn't belong there. Uh, oh, I could talk for hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Dr. Charles, I'm just um I'm just taking notes because um I I know based on um and and I'm sure um and she would would uh, would appreciate this um I, I know what is relating to refers directly again I'm I'm thinking from a martial arts slash because. The, the warrior arts are war arts, and he's talking about intelligence gathering. So what he was just discussing really was, and I'm subject to correction, diffusing situations and redirecting aggression. Because um, you're talking about conflict resolution, self-actualization, um, connection with the environment. And if you're connecting with the environment, obviously you've got to be in balance. So you've got to move in a way where, and again, we're, so we're talking about Ninjutsu, we're talking about ninpo. So you're talking about being a shadow. What does it mean to be, in a to be a shadow? The object is the thing, the shadow is behind the object. So you're in the, you're in the background. So even if you're in the foreground, you appear to be invisible. So you, you're in tune with the environment. You're talking about, um, again, conflict resolution, being above the free, like the master looking down on the chessboard. It's all about mentally reintegrating yourself into an environment where you take control. Now he hasn't used those words, but I'm just putting it that way. What he's really talking about is, okay, I am the master of my environment. I'm in tune with myself. I recognize that I'm a part of other things, but I want to be in control of the environment so I can see things before they happen. How am I doing so far? Well, yeah, no, that's absolutely it. A good protective agent is like five steps ahead. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, in a movie or TV, uh, they're always getting in fights. And no, no, that's a poor defensive person. Correct. Always yeah. like five steps ahead. We know where we're going, we know he's going to go down this hall, uh, going to use this elevator. We get somebody who gets holds the elevator uh simple um we know when to bring the car around and not too soon because everybody gathers but certainly not too late just right uh we're staying we're in touch and you know that was something that in the 90s i found uh very gratifying because because <laughs> in the 80s 
you know, this 40 years ago. Oh, gosh. All the martial art magazines were talking about Stephen Hayes and uh, uh, these books sold like crazy. And uh, it would have been so easy for me to believe, mm. you know, let the ego take over. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. so by me putting myself in service to the Dalai Lama, zero ego. Yeah, he's the important one. And if I miss lunch, that, well, that we miss lunch. Uh, if I have to stay up at night setting the radios, we'll, we'll stay up at night. Uh, it was very good balance for me, you know, to keep from uh, going on some ego inflated thing. And uh, I think that was a large part of my career. You know, that balance um, of, as you say, being in the shadow, just behind. And uh, every now and then <laughs> it would backfire. You know, we'd be out in a crowd. Here's a Dalai Lama. And people come up. Oh, are you Stephen Hayes? Can I get your autograph? <laughs> I'm going, oh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. I I want to uh, I want to show Master Stephen uh, a video, and I want him to do some commentary on the video. And when we get back, I want to go into two areas. One is appearance on Shogun, and twenty two hmm. books. I mean, that's twenty two books. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, here's the video. Let's take a look, guys. This exercise, even though it's a stylized drill, is based on what really happens in life. She's grabbing me here on there. I see her here. She goes to reposition it. Thank you very much. Here we are. Now let's do that in super slow motion. Uh, I left this. Oh, as she pulls it back. I'm following him. That's what gives me that opportunity to interact with this, no matter where uh, it wants to go. Smack down on her elbow and help her end this because gravity is calling out to her. I'm just in position. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this is maybe very characteristic of the ninja martial art as opposed to, uh, you know, karate, jujitsu, something like that. Um, I'm not criticizing other martial arts. There's a place in society for every martial art, MMA, tough guy, trash talking, you know, there's a place for that. Uh, Aikido, where I just go with the flow and kept, there's a place for that. Um, I'm not doing those things, but there's a place for that. So you can see in this video, um, I'm not stopping her. She's coming in to grab. I don't stop her and reposition her arm. I just allow my body to move. So her grab is completed but she didn't get what she was going for. Uh, Immediately, 
that person is going to change their mind and come after me. Oh, so I allow her to do that. But, and I know what she's going to do. She's not going to pull her hand back. She's going to come back this way. Oh, I'm ready. Again, I move my body. I allow her to do exactly what she wanted to do. But now I'm able to capture this. Uh, maybe as opposed to someone coming in and me knocking this out of the way and hitting back harder than they can hit. That's it would be a different kind of uh, thing. Or somebody grabs a hold and I move their shoulders and step behind and throw them. That's that's a very different approach. Uh, so the person experienced that in those few seconds, very frustrated. I was going, and oh, he's over here. Well, now, now he's over here. Well, well, my arm is all locked up. I'm going to resist that. And when they resist, they throw themselves off balance. So I, that was a good clip. That was yeah. a good clip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're you're basically again going back to what you said about Kyojutsu Tenkan. Um, you again going back to what you said. Um, you made yourself comfortable. You redirected the force. You let the person complete the movement, but by that time, you're at a different point. And we're just using a little physics terms. You're at a different point in time and space. They're using time to cross distance. But by the time they get to that point, you're somewhere else. Mm. So again, it's like you're standing above. So it's like, oh, that's where you were going? All right, so I'm going to redirect. I'm going to control you. So, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. This is powerful. So, Master Stephen, tell us about Shogun. How was that experience like for you? Movies? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was back when I was in my 20s. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually did movie and TV work in Japan because I had a different right. face. I was in a, you know, and so I had an agent. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I heard about this Shogun and uh, so I called my agent and I said why didn't you get me a job with Shogun and he said he says oh it's it's like below your pay scale Whoa. and I said I don't I don't care I'll you know whatever they're gonna pay I'll, I would like to be in that and he's oh, okay so I got there and Actually, it was not beneath my pay scale. They were very generous, and I worked with them for a month and a half. Mm. I'm on screen for a few seconds, but a month and a half, and I was uh, Richard Chamberlain's crewman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. And then I was also the stunt double for John Reese Davies, who played the Portuguese navigator. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was really great. So, like. The makeup room, there were three chairs. There was yes. Richard Chamberlain, John Reese Davies, and me. And they would try to make me look like John. And uh uh I I just remember and we filmed almost totally at night, night mm -hmm. filming. Yeah. And, uh uh it, oh it was you know, a little little maybe some safety aspects were a little different in japan so i'm supposed to fall off of this ship and fall into what looks like the sea but it's really a pool and they said oh by the way you have to fall like close to the ship because if you fall a little further out 
it's very shallow and there's yeah. a concrete wall underwater. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So and the other funny one was so there's a scene where the Rodriguez Portuguese navigator falls overboard in a rainstorm and uh Richard Chamberlain as Blackthorn jumps in the water and saves his life. <laughs> so they had me, because John's a you know, he's a very big man. And mm -hmm. there's this very Shakespearean voice. And, yeah. uh, so I put a, a water ski life vest on me and then put the clothes on so I would look bigger. And I'm running down the ship yelling and I'm, I'm trying to imitate John's voice and yelling and I didn't know they're going to dub it later, but I didn't know that. <laughs> and so we get there and I fall over and Richard Chamberlain jumps in and yeah, but I have a life vest on. So I keep popping up out of the water. <laughs> I'm up here like this and Richard Chamberlain has this padded clothing and it gets waterlogged and he's going under. Ooh, he's going under. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up here. I'm grabbing him, pulling him up. <laughs> A couple seconds on screen, but it took us forever to film this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, many stories. Many stories. Now I hear they're they're re they they've redone Shogun. Really? Yeah, version and. Hiroyoki Sanada is playing the lead role, and uh, the the Englishman. I, I've never heard of him. I I don't know. Uh, so we'll see what they do. Um, yeah, yeah, redoing Shogun. So people ask, "Oh, are you in the redo?" Uh, no, I'm not in the redo. <laughs> but I thought that that adaptation to Shogun was really good because um, I was I've been a fan of. Both those actors that you that you mentioned, because John Reese Davis is also in the um, Lord of the Rings films. Yes, um, yes. Um, so, well, I'm actually also I'm a member of the Trinidad Tobago Drama Association, so I'm I'm involved in other things too. So, uh, <laughs> uh, something else we have in common, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Richard Chamberlain was he he was something he was a class act. I think that for that time, that portrayal on, on screen was really quite I am surprised that they're doing a remake. Um but say what? Um Sonata is a very good actor. Um uh, he's been in he was in Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Um he's been yeah. in, in other films as well. Um yeah. so and I, I understand he's is he also a martial artist in real life because his his kenjutsu seems to be pretty good. Yeah, what I he don't does. know the answer to that. Uh, I don't know. He may, you know, it's like Toshiro Mifune, you know, yeah. my generation. He was not really a martial artist, but he would study oh. the sword for his role in the movies. So he was quite he was quite good. But he never claimed to be, uh, you know, a degree holding yeah. study whole system. Yeah. He would just study pieces. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> we just have a few minutes to go, and I, I need to get to the book spot. Mm. Uh, how did you manage to do 22 publications? Some people do two, and they, they're tired. Dr. Charles, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and they need the inspiration, and they can't find it. I mean, you have to do the research, the editing, the publication. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's amazing. Yeah. How did you That's manage amazing. it? 22. <laughs> yeah. You got some uh, great questions, Andy. Nobody has ever asked that. Ah, uh, it's so always the first. So they've never heard this answer. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so two parts. My art is so deep. Uh -huh. It's more than just the physical technique. It's the yeah. psychology and the strategy. And we have these uh -huh. five elements that represent our response to conflict or confrontation. And so yeah. how do we know which one is us? How do we recognize what the enemy is? So we can kind of confound them. Uh, there's the intelligence gathering, uh, the, uh, you know, how to mentally put up with unbearable situations. Uh, I mean, when you look at the history of the world, humans have done terrible things to other human beings you know and we look at it today how could a human do that to another human mm. well the survivors had to somehow make peace with that we can't make it oh so many topics so here's the answer as i would study this new topic i would write about it ah writing mm. is explore that so yeah. in a lot of my books I just have, I have some questions, but I don't put the answer. I put the question. Yes. Reader, you know, thinking about this and, uh, and then I would like start each chapter with a little story. And I was usually the, the butt of the joke in the story, you know, and uh, then I would explain how this is done and then explain why it was significant in life. And I don't, I don't know of any other martial art writers who who did that. And I think that maybe was the key to these books being like, like they were mega bestsellers. And yeah, what an yeah. ninja uh, and uh, no, for five years, I didn't even have a job. I lived totally off of this book royalty. So yeah. I could go back to Japan yeah. and buy yeah. a house and cars and I mean, it was that amazing, the response. And even today, even today, I have people who come up and say, oh, I got your books, you know, and uh, that inspired me to start martial arts. And, uh, um, you know, so I was just, yeah. So even today, people still say that. So I think the books were a very significant part of my life. Wow. And so if, if I could say this, because um, when I... <laughs> Back in the 80s, when I was training, uh, coming into the 90s, um, late 80s, early 90s, because there was a, a book that you had out, I can't remember, it was a white cover book. It, was, it, was, it, was, it dealt with a lot of things from basic taijutsu. But it was the interesting thing was because I, I was looking at different books and my first teacher, Randolph Mills, Mill said, listen, um, only two people I can think of, 
the books were available at the time. So the only two people that I can think of whose books you should buy. That was um Toshihiro Obata and yourself. Hmm. And he said, listen, you want to get a book by his or buy something by Obata? Those are the only two. And um, up to when he passed away in, in, in 2009, um, uh, because as I said, um, his teacher knew uh, Grandmaster Masaki Hatsumi. And um, so he knew of you and he said, listen, one of the few people respected that was not Japanese anywhere was your good self. Um, and, and I think that's testimony to, and, and as you said, and it's something I was encouraged to do funny enough. And because I used to write a lot, I got that from my mom who was a teacher. Something you mentioned, I think it was very key in that as you were learning, you were writing, you were taking notes and you were, you were having conversations with Grandmaster Hatsumi that other people probably weren't having because you had that curious mind that you mentioned from when you were young. So do you think that you talk about um, asking questions continuously. Do you think that that is one of the key things that probably also kept you going in terms of your desire to learn that constantly asking questions? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. And I had some Japanese seniors who like would take me aside and say, don't ask so many questions, just practice. <laughs> Don't ask so many questions. And I would always say to them, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. I would go ask more questions. Yeah. <laughs> and the teacher loved it. He loved it. Uh, I would ask a question and all the the Japanese, oh gosh, he's asking more questions. And then the teacher would explain and every one of those Japanese is listening and getting the yeah. value. And so... I, I was I was like the sacrificial goat. But <laughs> uh, the foreigner asks these questions, and we'll get all these answers because uh, everybody everybody was learning too. Everybody was learning at the same time. Yeah, or yeah. they had the opportunity to learn. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Great. Okay, great. So I just want to steal something, Doctor Charles. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before, before I sleep. You finish it. it. It's it's part of a poem. I'm sure um, Anshu knows it. It's by, oh, God, not Roger Kipling. Um, it's by an American um, poet. Oh, gosh, now the name's gone from me. But wow. that is that is one Robert, of the famous parts Robert of Frost, the poem. Robert Frost. Robert. Yes, Frost. Rob. Thank you. Thank you. He's got Robert it. Frost, yes. He's got it. He's got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I originally, what happened, reason why Andy's mentioning that originally I was supposed to be elsewhere. I didn't think I would be able to make this talk to the, today. And I was telling him, I said, listen, please, um, when you speak to Grandmaster, he just tell him, I just say that quote. He'll know where it's from and he'll understand it, you know. Um, uh, so <laughs> I'm so Lovely. delighted, you know, we did. Yes, <clears throat> wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So I'm now going to give Grandmaster Stephen the opportunity to share his contact information, how people can get your books. And if they want to join up in, in into your system, go to the festival and stuff, how can they make contact with you? Well, right now I have a internet 
website. It's just my name, stephenkhays.com. It's all like one giant word. Yes. P-H-E-N-K-H-A-Y-E-S.com. And uh, I think that would be like the place to start. There's a little store where I have some uh, books that are not uh, available from a regular publisher. We publish them ourselves. Uh, they're kind of limited uh, uh, and uh, contact address and uh, and so forth. So stephenkhays.com would be the, the best place to start. Yeah. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. So guys, we have been in the presence of Grandmaster Stephen Hayes, Dr. Albert Charles, and we have come to the end of this fascinating episode of The Breakout Room. Remember our three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. And we have touched on all three today. That's the message. That's the value. That's the content that we give to you, our supporters, and those of our tribe as we seek to continue to build a community that is there for everyone, irregardless of color, creed, race, social position or standing, it does not matter. We are all equal because we were all created equal. Until next time, this is Andy on behalf of Grandmaster Stephen Hayes and Dr. Albert Charles saying so long. Godspeed. God bless. Shalom. Namaste. Shalom. Shalom. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. Stick around, guys. I'm just going to play this outro. <clears throat> okay.